the host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right. Good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Today, I finally got to meet and have my special guest today, Alundis Haven, who has agreed to join me on the Fearless Happiness Podcast. And we got a late start because him and I were chatting and I could tell we hit it off right away. So it's going to be a great, great interview. So everybody, listen up. This is what I like to do, Alundis, is have you introduce introduce yourself to my audience, uh, who you are and what is it you do, and then we're going to get started. Absolutely. So thank you again, brother. It's an honor to be here. My name is Alundis Havens. I'm the CEO owner of Alpha Influence Media and my partner, Zach Babcock. And then I also have a podcast called The Winner's Paradigm, uh, where I talk about recalibrating your mindset so you can align yourself with your definition of success. How that came about, my parents were 1921 when they had me. I'm from Fresno, California. A little bit different environment out there. You know, parents are young, drinking, narcissistic, racist stepdad in the mix. So I had an identity issue upon, you know, environmental issues of just fighting all the time growing up. And, and it was one where, you know, it was like I challenged it, had the abusive dad. So knew how to read certain rooms and knew what to say. And dad's drinking like crazy, you know, women coming in and out, dudes coming in and out. And you're seeing all these things. Uh, but they treated me like when I was an adult. I was like six years old. Talk to me as I'm an adult. You know, I'm one of those in parenting the parents and going through all that, you know, so get to high school and everything. One thing was I was always resourceful. So I just knew how to make money or whatever, you know, so uh, start hanging out with the bad crowd. You know, one of my friends was slanging hard. So he always protect me from certain things. Don't get me wrong, like all the pills back then, very accessible. So it was one where I was like, yeah, you know, if he wasn't there, I drank like fucking maniac because that's exactly what I seen going on, you know, seeing other shit, but it was one more like one of my buddies would be like, no, don't do that. And then it was just me just drinking, popping pills, you know, so drink sipping lean. So it was one of those where it was like, I was going through it. But while all these things were happening, I was like, Hey, you know, I need money. I need food. Right. So I know if somebody's smoking weed or doing something else, I'm gonna go to the, Hey bro, you need some fucking food. Let me go to the store, buy you something. Let me grab some hot Cheetos, you know? So I was able to stay fed. When I lived with my dad, he actually took a job in Oakland or excuse me, he moved to Oakland, worked in San Francisco. So I was home by myself. So we lived in Clovis, so better area there and knew like these white kids had money. So I was just like, I'm going to trade my game for clothes, for food, whatever the fuck I needed. And then it was really like going back to it because dad's house, they had money, but not food in the house. He wasn't there always partying and shit. And then mom's house is we always had food, but we didn't have money for anything else. So that's where, you know, friends hustling. I was that middleman. You know, I was always hanging out, getting called into the office. You know, I had the good grades. I smiled a lot. I knew how to talk to cops because racist stepdad. So he would, <laughs> you know, anything. I got a fucking design of my hair. You're a hoodlum, you know. So it was one where I was like, yo, this isn't the place I want to be anymore. Um, I'm tired of walking down the street. Now it's on site. I got to fucking fight somebody. So went to the Marine Corps. And then while I was on boot, boot leave, I had a party at the house. My stepdad almost shot my wrestling coach because he thought my mom was having an affair. So fucking SWAT team rolls through the house. And then uh, my stepdad had the 45 on his hip, you know, yelling at me through the door. My snapping point was he always said racist shit. And it's one of the reasons why I got kicked out, you know, moved back in. But um, I was walking by the cop car, motherfuckers, you know, handcuffed. And then he's like, yeah, that dude's Mexican. I don't know what he's holding. Like, he has this or that. Like, the motherfucker he tried to shoot was a correction officer. So you really think a correction officer is going to be packing a fucking illegal gun in his house? And yeah, right. And my stepdad was the one to carry, you know, guns without a CCW. Like, just army <laughs> right. vet, but just another fucking way of thinking. And it was just like, 
what you know so it was that you know i went to a, a school my my mos school one of my cousins got stabbed nine times and funny thing is his homeboy was strung out on meth and fucking sent people after me because he didn't pay his drug debt so i seen one of his friends get the shit kicked out of him for owing somebody like two dollars short and then next day my homies come up to me and they're about to jump me and they're like hey bro your cousin claims he's a bulldog now what's up and i was just like nah that's not me like whatever you got with that dude fuck him up you know what i mean i was like since my cousin fuck him up a little bit more uh so he right. learns the lesson but it was like if you can't handle your own shit how is somebody going to protect you? And that was right. kind of me. It was like growing up trying to navigate it. And I had this fuck up cousin who was just like always doing worse shit, you know, robbing the liquor store, getting away with it. Thought everything was fun and games until he really started fucking around, you know, got kicked out of school and that. And it was like me, you know, knowing like, hey, this is the environment, but it doesn't shape who I am. You know, I'm still going to get to where I want to be. What I want to do, Alondis, is go back a little bit and because I may have some audience members or members of my audience that don't understand what the bulldog is. So kind of give my audience a background where you grew up in Fresno and what that means to be a bulldog or you know what I mean? Because not everyone in my audience is there. What's a bulldog? Are you getting attacked by a bulldog? What's going on here? But um, give them that background of how you grew up, the history of the Fresno area and, and the gang relations and all that stuff that go on there. So they understand what a bulldog is. That's one of the things that I find funny. So it's either you get it or you don't. And even, for instance, like I explained it to Zach and he's like, oh, like the football team. So Fresno, uh, the <laughs> right. main gang that's the main gangs that's there is called Fresno Bulldogs. The football team for the college, Fresno State, and then they have a bulldog as the mascot. Well, a little bit of history. There was a gang war in prison. The Northerners broke. Then the Bulldogs were established. So that's who basically runs Fresno. You see them all over Fresno. Um, rowdy motherfuckers always barking. They bark at police officers. It's just one thing I don't get. Like how you a grown ass man, you're fucking barking at cops when they walk by. Their thing is, is like the whole jump you in initiation, shoot at people, start fighting, really confrontational. So it's one of those, like you walk down the street, you see somebody, I got checked in seventh grade for just wearing a bulldog sweater. So like to this day, I won't wear anything Fresno State unless it says Fresno State, but I really don't. I didn't really wear much red back home because it was one of those, you know, you looked apart, hung out with all Mexicans. So it was something as well where it was like, I couldn't do that. I'd be highlighted. And uh Around there, you know, that's just kind of how it is. So you're you're always hyped up. You know, you're always on the swivel looking at something. Uh, right. For instance, like I fucking, I hate house parties. And it's just, I can't deal with that. You know what I mean? I've been in situations where I got getting in fights, you know, talking to the wrong girl. And then all of a sudden it's like a bulldog. And then you're not fighting one dude, you're fighting like five or six because they roll deep. You know, you got all these dudes and, right. and then you're about to go at it. Yeah, because people don't understand. I think not, I shouldn't say not. Not everyone understands that lifestyle, right? Like, even if you're trying to stay out of it, for instance, like you said, you could be walking down the street and forgot you had a red shirt on, right? And and you have no idea that that's a color of, you know, you know what I mean? But they're going to still whip your ass because if they think, well, why are you wearing those, you know, take it off or we're going to take it from you and, right? And that was exactly what happened to me <laughs> by a girl too. That's what was, what scared the shit out of me is like, starts making phone calls, you know what I mean? And then, yeah, oh. my house almost got broken into after that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up in like a gang infested area. Right. But when I first grew up, yeah, I did in Santa Ana, there was, you know, there's all the different gangs around there. Uh, my mom pulled us out, right. We ended up living right down the street from Knott's Berry farm and pretty much, middle-class America, right? So gangs there were not big, right? So I have fond memories of house parties, right? We didn't get in fights. We just had fun. We might've threw up all over each other because we drank too much, but you know what I mean? It isn't until I got into my addiction where I understood that stuff. Then when I hit the streets where I became homeless, right? And then I became in contact with, you know, a Mexican gang or a white gang, right? You know what I mean? And and it didn't matter yeah. who you rolled with as long as you were making the money. They didn't give a shit, you know what I mean? But I knew that I had to, um, stay true to myself, right? Like not back down. It didn't matter, right? Long as I was, I as they call it, down for the cause, right? And and you sh <laughs> showed them, res showed them respect. Yeah. They would show me respect, right? And it, it didn't matter because my allegiance at the time was to the drugs and the alcohol, right? That's who I rolled with. And but it, you know, if we're talking about it, that's what introduced me to that lifestyle. Because we were talking before we started the podcast, right? And like I told you, I was like, I remember when I was married and had, you know, my kids were little. I'm like, and I'd watch a show, you know, where there's gangs and stuff. I'm like, I never do that stuff, man. And I remember when my addiction started taking off. My friend had dropped me off at a motel. Left me in this room with like four or five other dudes that were all tatted from the neck down, bro. Straight out of prison, right? And I'm like, 
holy shit i said i would never do this now these guys are all looking at me because at the time right i didn't buzz my head right i still kind of looked like a dork you know what i mean i didn't have any tattoos so they're looking at me like this guy looks like a narc man you know what i mean this guy looks like a narc so <laughs> i had literally Bro, one I of the guys handed me a rig but i was shooting dope at the time handed me a rig and said do this right like looked at me like if you don't you're not leaving this room right but because i was already starting to use meth with the needle <coughs> did it real quick and they were like okay he's not that was too quick like that was well, i had, I had, <laughs> that was I had like... friends like that i had friends like that too so that's what i find funny is even you said that so i lived in fresno until i was 10 um and then i moved to like a smaller town moved to a richer town and it was funny it's like those problems still migrated uh fresno's right there house parties are the same same people you know what i mean so it was like going through that and then uh, even the good town i was in these People started hanging out with the worst people and then started starting bigger beefs with drugs. So like every party was getting shot at. So I get you 100%. You know, I went into that. One of my boys uh, actually was supposed to go buddy program to the Marine Corps. Homeboy did a beer run first and then he got pot with a bunch of like promethazine, Xanax. He had like 2000 pills at school. Like, so we had a class field trip to the jail and fucking we seen that guy. And it was just like, oh, one right. of the, it was like. Bro, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and one of his cousins would always do that. He would call me a narc all the time. And it's not that I wouldn't. It's just like, I knew, like, the only thing I would ever do is, like, smoke weed and at lunch or before school. But, like, I was very skeptical and I'd be strategic on what I do, how I acted. Because back then, I'd get paranoid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that one dude never seen me do anything. So, he'd be like, you're a fucking narc. You know, you, you bought a bunch of pills for me, but you didn't take it. And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm just really fucking depressed. Like, I'm going to take all this shit when I'm by myself. Because uh, my parents worked out this bad agreement. I was with my dad three weekends a month. With my mom once so i was just like literally babysitting while this motherfucker went out to party beat the shit out of his wife uh so it was just one where like once i started fucking around with a little bit uh drinking like crazy it was like that's why i was the partier you know when i became that that's where everybody loved me and then i would i would just didn't give a shit about anything you know right and see that's why i want people to understand right it doesn't matter where like you and i came from right well whether it's you grew up in the gang infested area or you know ended up going to that kind of stuff right that we can overcome those challenges, right? And as you heard, everybody, he's a Marine Corps vet. So I want to thank you for your service, my brother. Because thank right, you as well, brother. Us veterans got to take care of each other, right? And um, absolutely. But let's talk about some more of uh, the other challenges. Okay, so like, it, and let the audience know, like, some of those challenges did not stop just because you joined the Marine Corps. You know what I mean? Like, you still had to face, like, the stuff we're talking about before the show, right? Like, people think you're yeah. a certain person, and you're like, no, I'm I'm not Filipino, man. I'm, yes, I'm Filipino. Cool. Yeah. Got you, got you. you know what I mean? So... So let's, let's fuck that. Let's jump into that, brother. Uh, so okay. yeah, if you don't change from the environment, you know, from what you're used to, you would track that shit. And for me, because I was always talking about being down and whatever the fuck and going to the Marine Corps, my fucking schoolhouse was hood. The East Coast dude, like we were, uh, we had a fire watch. We'd pay somebody to do it for us in the middle of the night. And it'd be like Kobe two to four. You know, I ran that shit up to 80 bucks. You give me 80 bucks. I would stand out there. I got smart. Why am I going to stand out there in the cold? I'll pay someone 20 bucks, 40 bucks, you know? <laughs> so it was like we had this business and then we were like fighting like crazy because the east coast guys like wanted to run shit or or they uh whatever the lead was somebody would fuck up like behind closed doors you know what i mean handle it so it was one of those where it was like i had to still be tough about it and then even like my stepdad his issue you know where he shoots and that shit tore me to pieces because my fucking family one of my uncles and i i'm learning to to forgive him but i still think he's a bitch to this day because my stepdad pulled the trigger that was a fast <laughs> dude's like six five i see this motherfucker just run out like just straight up just <laughs> bounce out of the house like he was like oh no gun i'm out <laughs> and uh then you know goes and parties with my stepdad right after that shit happened and i like bro i got so fired up on that i was like how the fuck this dude could have killed your sister and you're gonna be out here drinking with them um my whole life they used to say that you know if your dad does this because my dad beat the shit out of me he beat my mom his girlfriends they'd be like oh we're gonna do something they never did shit so it was like learning that I was like, oh, if you're really about it. But for me, it was difficult because like whole family turned and there's a two year gap between. So never really was close with them now still, you know, was, but they stirred the pot a lot. So it was one where I was just like going fucking crazy and battling this shit, started drinking a gallon of whiskey uh, in the Marine Corps because it was so fucking stressful. I was my own boss as well at 19. So it was difficult from there. I had another Marine that fucking uh, you couldn't tell him anything because somebody would just try to fight you 
the one where it's like, bro, it was so frustrating because I had like 13 people. Unfortunately, he got kicked out the Marine Corps before I got out. There's like 90 people who got busted with LSD because they're figuring oh, out, you know, what you can do. Yeah. So it was one for me where it was like always running into these things, you know, and like I didn't kill that shit. So I'm drinking like crazy. I seen a lot of people go in and out. So I'm like, oh, I get the girls when I drink. I might as well just keep drinking. And then it was just like, bro, what are you doing? You know, me and the wife have a miscarriage. Luckily, that was the thing that really clicked for me where I was like, you know what? I can take care of her. I can do this. I can stop being a shit bag and, and right. finally be able to handle the shit I want to that I'm running away from. Right. And but like you said, we all have our moment when we decide, like, right, Absolutely. when is our bottom? When are we done done digging? Right. And, and it took me looking at, you know, facing three years in prison to finally go, you know what, Max, this shit ain't working. I think you need to rethink this stuff. Right. But I was still a knucklehead. And, uh, you know, it took me a while, but I got there. And, you know, now, like you said, you know, you and I talked a couple of times here on Facebook and stuff and we just clicked. And I go, I got to have Alundis on my uh, show because I need him to share with people that you can overcome your challenges, right? And and like you said, you talk about mindset, right? And how we can change that, right? And we can change how our life goes at any moment, right? And you know, because if you're into it, like I am, and I, like I know you are, right? If we're going to tell ourselves, right? Oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. Of course, right? Or like you say, we don't heal from the stuff that we, we've went through in the past right it's always going to show up until we learn that lesson right um absolutely and i was gonna say yeah, so I'll, share I'll, with the people share with my audience like how you started to change your mindset to like i can instead of i can't or you know what i mean so i just kept running into these things like i said you know everybody always came to me for help and parents and how do i act this what do i do you know sending money to mom my first year in the marine corps was struggling um, and it just went into that. When I turned 21, it was a wake up call. You know, me and my dad had a call finally. Uh, me and him don't talk on things. We fist fight. You know what I mean? That's just our relationship. He's abusive and it's just, I don't fuck with him from a core value standpoint. And it's just one of those where it's like you say, you talk a big game, you say you're this right. or that, you're the best. He's one of the best salesmen I've ever met. Bad thing is he just doesn't have good intentions, wants what he wants and, and uses power to his benefit. So it's right. cool for him, but, it, but, motherfuckers uh almost 50 still in the clubs partying and shit and it's like bro it's cool you know i have a daughter he has one after me um i want i i thought you know we're at the point where he can call me and we can have a conversation we don't you know so 21 birthday happens um i never really knew how to go through an, a, a divorce because uh i didn't go through that my parents hated each other talked shit on each other when i was young so <laughs> i was just like why the fuck is everybody always crying about it? Like your parents split. So fucking what, you know, so aunt and uncle get a divorce and I'm kind of learning that and learning all the shit. Like so much baggage came out that I was just like, fuck, I wish I would have known this. You know what I mean? So right. I get that kid who's strung on the parents getting divorced. And me and my dad are having a conversation and he's like, you don't understand when I was younger, my cousins would hold me hostage, you know, and I'd have to fight the neighbor's kid until I can leave. I'm like, bro, you would make me fight my cousins. And if I lost, you'd beat the shit out of me. So I was just like, it was the same thing in a different way. His mom, my great grandfather was a POW and his daughter was my dad's mom. So beat the shit out of her mom. So she's seen that uh, her brothers always brought girls in and out. So she brought dudes in and out happened to my dad. She had an affair. So that's how the, the my dad was born and he's black not white so we don't our last name havens is a white last name it's not a real last name i don't know about my real grandfather you know she mentioned one day that he's a musician but it got weird and we stopped talking you know so it's like not being able to fill in those things i found out that it was a lot of generational shit in my case you know it was still being the coolest one in the room drinking like crazy um, partying getting in fights and it was just like bro what is the 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 angle with this, you know, and I'm like, do I want to be like my dad at fucking 50 doing the same shit over still being in the club? Or do I want to, you know, maybe have kids like um, younger. And then when I get there, I can party because I've earned that, you know, I've got the kids I'm through school. I've done all these things. It's not like I'm not being responsible to my family, cheating on the wife and that my dad thinks of me as like his best friend. So he'll say dumb shit like that. And I'm just like, bro, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Or Snapchatting me videos of girls and him being at the club married. And I'm like, bro, what, what do you gain from that? You know? So it was like realizing all these things that I was doing as well that I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with. I say, I hate it, hate it in that and looking in the mirror. Um, and that was kind of, you know, something growing up as well as like my dad did all these things when I was younger, I seen it and I just like hated myself for it. Cause I was like, I look like him and that, you know, we're very similar personality wise, uh, right. but that's where, you know, we, we differentiate is 
kind of the belief systems, what we are, who we are as people. Uh, me, it's like I've continually worked at it and then made sure like, hey, I don't want to do those bad things. If I do see that, that's where you, you know, put that time in. Right. Because you said, right. See, you said something that's very important that people ought to understand, right? Unless we are the ones to break that generational cycle, we are going to, we're definitely going to create, you know, we're going to start doing the same thing, right? Even though we think we're not, we can look back and because I can do that too. Even though my dad was not around and died when I was younger, right? My mom would say, you look just like your dad or you do it just like your dad and and this and that. And and I realized like the buck has to stop with me. If I want to change so that I can be a better father, husband, leader, right? I have to make the changes, right? And then I can't keep blaming, you know, like I did in the past, you know, even though my father was like, I drank and I used that my dad, that was his fault. He's making me do this. And like, people would look at me and go, Mac, dude, your dad's been dead since you were 11 years old. So what? It's his fault, right? And, you know, I found out some, you know, things that he was an alcoholic. I got a year. So when I was a year sober, I found out he was an alcoholic, right? I told my mom, like, well, you could have told me this stuff, you know, and I would have probably, she goes, you would have did just, you would have did exactly like he, you would have did your own thing. You would have did it anyway. I had to ha- let you have your journey. Right. But it's like relax. you, right. Where you had this, this epiphany or this aha moment where like, I don't like what dad's doing. I don't like what my family, certain part of my families are doing. Right. Cause you're a parent, you're a husband and you're like, I'm going to change this. And thank you for sharing that with my audience. Right. Because they need to know that change is possible. Right. It takes some work. Right. And I know like you, because tell me if you agree. And I've done it where I've gone like 10 steps forward and 15 back, 10 steps forward, another five back. Right. It's that back and forth. But but you got to keep going. Right. As you know, like like in the military, they teach us we're always moving forward. Right. We're always that's why they're always telling us pay attention. You know, that's why I love the military. And what I learned, right, is paying attention to the details. And right. So like when I was changing my life. I would pay attention to the small things that my mentors and stuff would say, this is what you need to pay attention. It's not the big things, right? You can, Those are going to come, but it's the little things that you do every day that are going to help you change. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing that with, right? Because you could have stayed stuck in Fresno. You know what I mean? You could have stayed stuck even in the military with that gang life, you know, the gang lifestyle. And Oh, easy. Uh, you know yeah, what that, I mean? So, and then, there's so much. There's, there's so much, right? No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we could probably on here for hours and tell the audience like what you've been through and the things that, you know, what I like to do here is show the audience that there are good people out there that have been through the ringer, right? That have been through the muck and have come out on top like yourself, right? Like you're doing great things with your, you got your company, you got your podcast, you got, you know, and most important, you got your wife and your, your, is it one or two kids? So we have the second one on the way. Second one. That's right. On the way. Right. So uh-huh. there's nothing more important than being a parent. Right. And because now you get to break those cycles you talked about with your children. They never have to know that kind of lifestyle. You know what oh, I mean? hundred percent, brother. And that's one of them for me. Uh, learning the narcissistic tendencies and kind of getting through that because I don't want to put that on my kids at all, you know, just, I get some of it to a degree where it's like, oh yeah, that's funny. You know, when you think that, but like the shit you really say to your kids and prints on them, like me getting a design in my hair doesn't mean I'm a hoodlum. It just means I want to express myself, but that's a reflection of your fucking parenting. Like, are you a fucking dog shit parent that if I look one way, you're going to be like, oh, you look like a fucking ghetto kid. Like, so what, you know what I mean? So it was like learning those things. Um, my mom took some of those racist (laughs) things from my stepdad and it was just like, embarrassing you know where it was like i had a black girlfriend like she better not be ghetto and i'm like so do you think i'm ghettos then since i'm black or is that just what you know what i mean and it, it's now you know being a parent you see it differently but for me it was right like going through that shit hearing that you're just like your dad and and i'm like yeah you know what because my dad like my dad accomplishes shit so he's like i'm better in my case it was like doing the same thing proving everybody wrong and then it's like you do that and still it's not enough you know so that's where yeah. i like really you know, focused in on having the conversations like me and you. So we could be like, yo, this is what happened. Cause people would either get it or they don't, you know, in a lot right. of cases, uh, I know when we were going through it, we were like, bro, no one understands, you know, I'm drinking, I'm doing whatever else, you know, uh, running to sex. And that was another addiction where it was just like, Oh, I keep doing this thing. Why am I calling my ex over? I don't know. Maybe it's fun. You know? And it was just I, like, <laughs> you know, she's like, justify like, all kinds of stuff. Right. Oh, she yeah, just wanted to I'll talk. Look- she said oh it's been a year and i'm like fuck it's been a year and she's like yeah i'm like oh all right (laughs) okay and your point being 
come on over. <laughs> yeah. So why can't this just be another year then? Yeah. All right. And she's like, you're you're not handling the shit you said you were gonna do. I didn't say I was gonna handle it. You know. <laughs> right. It's cool to hear your story, right? And and know one that I can relate to it at least a lot of it. And you know, being both a uh, father and husband, right? We can we can see where we went wrong and how we can correct that, right? And like you here, one thing that we talked about that I think is important too. Uh, before the show is right who are we surrounding ourselves with right so if i'm still surrounding myself with you know a bunch of drug addicts or gang members like i'm not changing really right because that's who i'm going to depend on and that's who i'm going to fall back on right but i know you and i surround ourselves with some pretty elite people in our circles and right because they always my mentors and stuff and i'm sure yours too always say find the people that are way ahead of you so you can see what they did to get there right and the people, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and to learn from them, right? And and to learn it's a process. how they got, you know, the process and how they became successful and, right? But without compromising our integrity and our honesty and our, you know, truths about, you know, and, and still being who we need to be for our families and for the world to see, right? A hundred percent, brother. I would say that, you know, you, you got it out in on the team you got around you. Um, but the reason why I laughed about that is, is you were saying like getting the people who are ahead of you, um, that was difficult. You know what I mean? Like we're around oh. Cali Keen, man's a genius the way he's speaking, bro. I'm like, I don't know fucking shit about business. You know what I mean? So what did I do? You know, went to go research, went to go do all these things, talk to other leaders, you know, talk to other, uh, masterminds. And I was like trying to learn these things. So next time I have that conversation, I level up. So that's why I laughed a little bit when you said that, cause I'm like, bro, it really is like, you gotta be doing that. Like I got a homeboy that. Uh, when I was 16, to add context, I would go home, do my chores every day. I would leave. I fucking hated my stepdad. I didn't want to see this dude. I wanted to just throw hands with him. Um, so it was one of those where I like, slept on my friend's couch when I started leveling up in the military. He was like, oh, you're too good for us. You think you're that? His dad's an OG. So he was trying to be like, oh, because what my family? I was like, bro, like you guys aren't gangbanging. You guys are better. Only problem is, is he just wants to smoke weed all day and not do anything. It's not that you're smoking and you're processing trauma or you're right. journaling. Like, He's just smoking to smoke because of his situation, not doing anything for himself. So I was like, bro, like, I love you. I love you enough to pull myself away and be like, yo, I'm not going to be here, put myself in that situation. Right. Um, but it's like, not that I'm hating on you. Like, bro, you need to figure your shit out. And then maybe we can have a conversation or when you want to start moving forward, we can, but I couldn't do that. You know, I'm like, I'm grateful. I got to sleep on your fucking couch, but now I can't be over there kicking it on the couch because I'm working on the next thing, you know, and elevating myself. And right. if, you're, if you can't respect that and do that right now, you know, I love you, man. We'll, we'll talk later. Since then, we still haven't talked. You know, he's working his shit out. But it was one of those where, like, that was tough. You know, like that was my other brother. Two of my friends took me in, and it was like one of them's gone. The other one to this day, we're still, you know, may not talk all the time, but it's that, you know, where it's like we both needed each other for what we're going through. Right. And, and but you made a good point, right? If if you're not growing, then, you know, I'm not going to stay stuck just because you want to stay stuck. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? I, I just, I can't, I used to be that way though. Like, you know, okay, I'll just go with the flow, right? I'll just do whatever. I'll just sit here. And, I was, yeah, that used and, to know. be me. And <laughs> I'll just hope situation. I get better. You know, if I, maybe if I rub up, rub up against the Lundis, right? Maybe I'll grow, but that doesn't work that way. Right. I got to do the work just like you got to do the work. And, yeah, and we got, and we got to hang around people that are showing us how they did it. You know what I mean? And absolutely brother. You know what I mean? And, and I got friends like that too. But luckily for me, like most of the guys that I hung out with in high school, when I became really bad in my addiction, right, I disappeared on them, right? Because they were all doing the things they were supposed to, like going to school, going to college. And Max over here is, you know, doing dope. And I didn't want to be that guy where they said, hey, man, lock up your shit because Max is on his way over. You know, he's going to steal your shit. I just disappeared, yeah, right? And, and but it's been great. You know, it's been this Tuesday, the 27th. I'll celebrate 19 years sober, right? Clean and sober. Oh, yeah, brother. And I've connected with those friends again. Right. And it, and it's way cool to to see like where I went and then how I can come back. Right. Because I have a lot of friends like yourself that held me accountable. And here's the thing I think that you said without saying it. Right. The guys that keep you accountable, that love you enough to tell the truth are the guys I want to hang out with. Right. I want the guys that go like you would go, Hey, Max, I see you slipping down this slope. You better pull your ass out of there and turn around and come back this way. Right. Cause the ones that let you do that, they're not your friends, right? The ones that 
tell I, you the truth. I love the way you said that. You know what I mean? The ones that tell you the truth no matter what, because they love you enough to do that, are the ones that really have your back, right? Because they don't want to see you fail. But they're going to tell you like, hey, I see you going down a bad path. Like you need to, you know, course correct as we call it, right? And come back to us, <laughs> right? But luckily I haven't had to do that in a long time. And, you know, like I'm not going backwards when it comes to that. But, you know, I keep leveling up like every day, like, is at least 1% better than the day before, right? And my guests are amazing examples of leveling up and how they live their lives today. So like I said, I appreciate a lot of the things you've shared. Is there anything else you want to share with my audience that they need to know? Because I think you got a lot to share, brother. Yeah, we could probably keep going, but I'm going to add on to what you said right there. So okay. you did, yeah, you mentioned that, you know, you have to have those friends um, at Zach's event, Um Larry Hagner was there and we're eating, you know, the VIP dinner. And he said something that really resonated with me. He was like, who are your friends? You know, when you go out, let's say you go to the bar with your friends and then you see one of your friends is flirting with a waitress and you know, he's married. What are you going to do? And you're going to be like, Hey man, like what's going on? What's going on in your marriage that you're flirting with this waitress or that? Like you stop that shit there because if you're the friends that allow it to happen, you know, that slips into something else, but it's about, you know, who you surround yourself with and that. So if you have the friends that are going to call you on your shit and then be like, Hey bro, like let's work through this. You know, maybe it's this, maybe we need to talk to you. That's it. You know? And, and I feel like that's really what it is. You know, when we surround ourselves with those right people, I know that for me, it's like, once I started doing better, you know, invested into my time in that, um, when I stopped drinking, that shit was tough, you know, because I was the party guy. I walk <laughs> in the party, what's up, motherfuckers? And just, right. ah, you know, and it's just like that, you know, being in the military, my cousins are like, oh, um, fucking went home for two weeks from leave. And then just back in the hood again, drinking like fucking crazy. And then I just look and it's just like a whole table full of Coke. And I'm like, oh, and then she's like, you can take it. Like you'll pass a piss test. And I'm just like, do I really want to fucking put myself in this situation again? You know what I mean? Because knowing everything I know about the military and that, but it was really like, if you surround yourself and I stopped drinking, it was like, that was a whole part of my identity where they're like, you're not the crazy one. You don't just want to wild out all the time and fucking fight right. people. I'm like, nah, bro, I actually want to chill and talk about what you're passionate about. And then they're like, why are you getting soft on us? Why are you nice to us? Like, you're normally the one hanging out, going fucking crazy, drinking at four o'clock in the morning until four the next day. Like, that's you. And it was something for me where it's like, when I stopped doing that, when I stopped saying like, I want to go to the bar, when I stopped saying like, there's no reason to be out past midnight, if I'm not right. with my wife, it like changed everything to where it was like, even the people I had around me, they're like, bro, is this a new person? And I'm like, I just don't, you know, I don't identify as kind of like AA, you know, they say, oh yeah, you got to, um, I'm an alcoholic in that. Like I stopped saying that. I was like, I stopped saying I'm alcoholic because I don't identify as an alcoholic. I understand that I have a problem in that, you know, those are two things, uh, alcohol and sex. And when I get stressed out or whatever the fuck it is, I go through, go through trauma. That's what I lean to. But it's like, I can acknowledge that. And I can understand when, you know, I have alcohol in my house and other people come, but I don't drink that shit. You know, I was like, right. I do. And, and the last time I did it was months ago because it was sentimental on that, you know, and it's like the event I'll have something, but I'm at that point where it's like, I know what, what it is, you know, and in, when I have a time like that, you know, and it's, let's say like, you know, we're in person, you know, and Andy Frisella is there and he's like, Hey, I got scotch. Like then, yeah. Okay. You know, I can have a sip of it, but it's not like I'm going to get drunk to that. I stop fucking identifying that. Like, that's not me. That's not what I respect. I fucking hate drinking. I got even more of my health game after that. And I was just like, how am I going to put that in my body? You know? And, and at the same time, I also have a problem with alcohol because of how uh, casual it is. And it's just like, you have to explain to people why you don't drink. And you have to, uh, exp yeah, you explain to people why you don't drink. And then it's one of those, you know, where it's like, if you don't, then they don't know how to act around you. And I, yeah. I found out that that was a lot of my personality then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what I faced when I first stopped drinking and stuff, right? And my friends didn't know how to act. So like when I would go out with those friends I was telling you about, right, they'd all order their drinks. So instead of having to tell them, no, I don't drink, man, I don't drink. I would always tell the waitress, hey, wait, can I have a Coke on the rocks? There you go. So they would hear, they thought I was ordering a rum and Coke on the rocks. So they wouldn't bug me. And I was like, that was my way of not having to That's go in this big explanation. But I always tell people, why do you not drink? I go, because I break out in silver bracelets every time I do it. So I'm done. Like I, I'm, it's not a part of who I am anymore. Right. hundred percent. But you know, for me, I still, I still attend like one meeting a week. Right. It's just, I have for, I've done it for awesome, so long, man. but I get why people say they don't identify. Right. I do it just so people know. So I remind myself of where I came from. It's not who oh, I am. It's not, you know what I mean? It's because I never want to forget 
where I came from, right? It's like no, that. No, uh, 100%, 100% agree, bro. 100%, you know who Jim Jones is, agree. right? You know who Jim Absolutely. Jones is, yes, right? Sir. That guy. Okay, so that sign, it said, those who forget the past are doomed to relive it, right? That was a, a sign above his thing, right? And that's why I always say, like, I have no problem saying I'm an alcoholic, but I'm a recovering alcoholic, right? And I'm a recovering drug addict. And I'm so far from my last drink. But what's scary, though, if I don't do the things like we talked about, the things that keep me moving forward and becoming a better person, the farther away I get from my last drink, the closer I am to my next, right? So if I don't keep doing the 100%. things that keep me focused, right, like having this amazing interview with the Lundis and, and talking about where we came from and how we overcame those challenges and how we're becoming, how we are becoming better men for our families, our communities, Um yeah, then I'm. I'll be. You know, pretty soon you might be. Uh, give me a call, Max. Where'd you disappear to? Did you? Do, what happened? You know what I mean? And I don't want no, that I, to happen. So, yeah, I get you a hundred percent, brother. And, and yeah, never. You know, never will I forget that. Um, and, and I may be a little bit wrong. You know, so correct me if I'm wrong there. But that that's how you know for me getting through it was that you know it's like figuring out. Hey, you know, what do I want to be? How to hold myself to that standard? You know, and that. Um, I agree. You know, yeah, I'm an alcoholic and, and, uh, that's my, my vice, you know, what I like right. to do, but it's one of those where it's like, that's not me. You know what I mean? I don't identify. Yeah, no. I don't drink it. I right. don't like, I acknowledge that that's, that's part of me and that's a part of the right. phase of learning and going through it. And yeah, absolutely. You know, if I were to start drinking, but at the same time, it's like, I don't get those urges as often anymore. The more health healthy I've been getting, I should say, like I crave like more fattening shit than, than yeah, alcohol right? now. Like, I'm so happy butter, about that. Chocolate peanut butter ice cream, right? I can leave the drink, yeah. but I want some peanut well, butter ice cream. <laughs> Yeah, now I don't have to worry about like, well, fuck, dude, I was in the Marine Corps and then I just did dumb shit. Like one of my sergeants used to pull me out of my room and go, hey, bitch, let's go drink. And really good dude. He was actually married to a girl from Fresno that I knew her family and I went to their house before. So really weird. Like when we start asking, hey, do you know this person? I'm like, fucker, how do you know you're from Texas? And right. I guess he met her like on Facebook and drove, to, oh. drove over there. So <laughs> weird, weird guy. But we did like a 31 day drinking binge and like I drink so much. And then that's where I was just like, you know what? this isn't it, you know? So even now it's like, nah, still don't, you know, those rare, I didn't drink for six months. I stopped. And then I did one day cause my father-in-law was like, Oh, let's have a drink. He had tequila. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll have a shot. And then it was like another six months. Like I had another one. I'm like, bro, honestly, this isn't desirable anymore. Like right. it doesn't do it. I'm wasting time. Like I'm, I'm talking about being all in my business, my life, my family, finances and then i'm out here drinking and i'm like yo this goes against what i'm doing so at this time it doesn't like you know maybe in the future i might have a drink with with friends or family and it's like a good time but it was one for me where i was like yo i'm already doing with what i want sort of living the way i was saying i am to where when i did that bad thing i was like yeah this isn't it this isn't who i want to be around like i gained nothing exactly. from being at the bar versus right. you know having a conversation with you and be like hey brother like this is it or this is why i want to drink you know but whatever it is um Definitely grateful about that. You know, I'm not going home after Friday at work and then just getting shit faced and then <laughs> right. contributing to the next day and yeah. somehow getting in the bar, you know? Right. And see, the only reason I brought it up is I want the audience to see it doesn't matter how you do it, right? It's just, no, 100%. It. you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Because Alondis and I can both agree that we want to be better than we were yesterday and we want to keep growing, right? Whether it's in our business, our families, our finances, uh, whatever. Right. And the only reason I brought that up because I want the audience to see the different avenues people can take. Right. Some people do it on their own. They quit cold turkey. And that was the last time they ever drank. Right. Like me, I quit. And then I relapsed four times. Whoops. You know, to uh, it took this knucklehead to figure out that shit don't work still. So I got to stop well, doing it. I'll I'll add one more thing then. So yeah, I, I try to drink. And then part of that too. Uh, so part of my knee injury, they gave me antidepressants. They said it's a neuroblocker. I already knew going ahead. My dad's also bipolar. So he would always tell me that, you know, that uh, you, you're bipolar and this and that. And he tried to 5150 me because I wrote it in a court document. So yeah, like all this fucking crazy shit, right? So I knew ahead of time as well as in high school took them that if I took these pills, it was going to make me freak the fuck out. So panic attacks, start wiling out, going through that. So I was going through a lot of therapy and that's where I was just like started going through this like therapy's bullshit and getting really angry. Because I just felt like that we were talking about like, yeah, we can talk about the issues of my dad, about the Marine Corps, about being stressed out, me drinking, but 
it was always like, okay, you know, what are you going to do when this happens? Well, I don't really know yet, you know, oh, you should download this breathing app, but it was like not helping me through it, you know? So that's where really I started investing into it. And then too, like having the podcast, being around people, asking those questions, you know, um, using a little bit of plant-based medicine, like I was able to dial in and be like, all right, you know, finally sit in the room. If I need to cry, just cry, you know, channel these emotions out. Why do I feel this way? Why do I do this? You know, so it was really like going through that and then over and over. Um, I also had five friends now that died along the way. And then my grandfather that died too. So I was just spiraling out of control because my dad, uh, he got arrested one time. He was supposed to do some fucking serious time. And then uh, he had like three felonies and five misdemeanors. So he was going to do some serious time. He gets out, beats all the charges somehow. Uh, I think he had like two that were left on. So it was one of those. He gets to get out of jail free card, you know, get tased by the cops and then back home the next morning type shit. Um, And just crazy fucking guy. So it was one. My grandpa came in, would clean it up. You know, he was always that guy. And then my grandpa dies in the last year, like me and him were super close. So that's where I, you know, even more wanted to start drinking was like battling that. And it's like, bro. All I want to fucking do is call this guy, you know, right. uh, one of my buddies, we had, we had breakfast together and then he died that last night, you know, um, another one died before I deployed and he had cancer. And last thing I was talking about was I was shit faced, blacked out drunk talking about, I was going to kill myself because everything that was going on. So it was like all that. And then having the narcissist mom and wrestling coach, um, he was a narcissist, but he was a cool dude, but they were like, why are you depressed? Why is it this? And I'm like, bro, you don't understand the shit that I go through, like what I relive or kind of certain things like that yeah. can have conversations with certain people, you know, had a, I went to a white friend's house one day and motherfucker was cussing his parents out. And I started laughing, like cracking up. And I know it's probably disrespectful. Probably shouldn't have done that. But <laughs> bro, I was like, how do you not get your ass? Well, like, and it was just like that, you know, my other Mexican friends laughing. Cause he's like, Oh yeah. Like throw the chocolate at you. But it was one thing like, I never realized, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like my fucking dad would be wailing on me. Like, bitch, what the fuck did you tell me? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just like, I get yeah, it. you know, <laughs> Yeah, either mom's throwing the chunkla or dad's throwing fists, right? Well, yeah, all the time. We grew up. Uh, so part of that, too, and then my stepmom's family was bulldogs or gangster. So I hated them. I'd go in the corner, sit there, just be on my phone because um, I felt that, like, you can see him do all this shit, but you don't do nothing to him. And I finally asked my stepmom after the divorce recently, and I was like, hey, and she's like, well, I didn't put the green light on him. I said, no, because that was my dude. You know, my man, I stood by him. But I was so pissed, like, he laid hands on her, all these things, you know, so I'd act that way. And then it got so bad that uh, even while I was in the Marine Corps, we fucking pulled knives on each other at Christmas time because <laughs> he was just like, "What's up, little nigga?" And he was just in my ear talking that shit. And then I uh, a couple times like I almost fought him and, and snapped, but I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm about that shit." And he's like, "You're about that shit." And I was just like, "Yeah, like what are you gonna do?" He pulled the knife first, so then I pulled it after. I pulled the biggest one I can find, and I was like, "Let's fucking do it then," because it was just like going through the same thing, getting bullied, getting my ass kicked over and over with my dad and then seeing all these things it was like i'd rather stand for what i believe in and die behind that than not you know so that was a little bit luckily nothing uh escalated for that but it was generally the shit that like when i say i hate it or went through it was like bro how could you do that and then learn like the parent kid relationship start diving into you know that work where it's like yeah the parents aren't healed with their shit so that's where they pass it on to the kids and your mom's this your dad's this and and that's exactly what it was for me you know i was like that one uh, they bounce ideas off me, which probably they shouldn't have done, but they're going through their shit. So that's why it was like that. So once it was right. like me understanding that, I, I got to that point where I was like, I was no longer angry. And I was like, okay, I understand. You know, I'm upset at you um, or or not necessarily upset, but just feel like they can do more, you know, and they can, you know, change, do whatever else they need to do, but they don't take that power upon themselves. So it changed kind of the way. And that's, again, like my podcast talk about mindset and recalibrating it because that's shit people need to know is like, Hey, what do you do if you go from that? If you're destructive, you know, you keep drinking, doing other drugs and that, you know, got in the military, people are doing LSD and I'm like, bro. And then they're like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, fuck, you know? So it was just one of those where it was like, I'm going to run into these problems. I better prepare myself. (laughs) Right. You're going to, it doesn't matter where you are, right. Whether it's the Marines and wherever streets or at home, like there's always going to be something you're going to run into. And, um, I always like to say is how I'm going how am I going to handle it when I'm faced with whatever a B or C or even D you know what I mean like today you know we are men of integrity right and we're men of uh, honor right we don't do that shit anymore right we try to teach our kids Absolutely. or we're going to teach our kids to be good human beings right because we already you and I have already seen we've seen both sides right we've seen like the worst of the worst and we've seen you know, with the people we run with, like most of the crowd we run with, and the best of the best, right? Like you mentioned, Andy Frisella, 
I love listening to his podcast, right? Because every other word is the f bomb. Oh, that dude's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's you know hilarious. what I mean. But I get him though, right? And there's one thing, and I think I've shared it on one of my other interviews I did on my podcast. Is he said the best way you can improve the situation, at least here in America, right? With what's going on with our government and everything. I love what he said. He goes, "You need to be the best you that you can be. You got to always be working to be your best." And that's how that's going to change, right? Because you you know, and I know, and he talks about, he gets like, I've been telling you for two years, and you guys are finally listening. I've been right for two years. Like, he, <laughs> he gets so Good pissed. He gets so pissed off. I could just, I wish I could be in that room and see him. He just like, you can tell he's like, ah. I, I know I would piss that guy off. Like, I'm eventually, you know, we'll interview him, but I know I'm going to piss that guy off because, like, I had that, you know, some of that or like some of his beliefs and what I believe, I'm like, yeah, no. Uh, so it's one of those right. where it's like, I hear it and, and it's true, you know, it's all subjective, but for me too, it's like, uh, kind of, I grew up with a racist stepdad, you know, so I understand there's a part of America that understands and treats people one way and thinks of them that way. Cause I went through that shit. The good thing is, is I knew how to get myself through it, but not everybody knows how. So then we come, you know, try to be right. the victims or fucking complain about it more. So it was like, uh, just the more you educate yourself, you challenge those beliefs, you know, right. uh, I really had to do that. You know, I went into that. Absolutely. My father-in-law called me one day. He had problems with uh, my, his, his son his yeah, my brother-in-law. And he's like, what do you, what would you do? And my shoes kicked him out. And then it was just like, would you really do that to your kid? Like you kick them out, even if they disrespect you and do that. Cause that's what happened to you. Even though that may have not been the best thing. I was like, well, it made me wake up, but not every kid's going to be that way. So I was like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? You, you make a very good point. I didn't know that, you know, I'm doing what my parents do and Oh, right. they can figure it the fuck out. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, figuring it the fuck out is cool. But what happens if you can't do that? And then they're, your kids are even worse than what you're at. And so definitely a whole lot of perspective in my umbrella. <laughs> exactly. And that it's cool because you have those different perspectives. You've been on every side that you can think of now. So Right. And that's how I know you, oh, with your the, podcast, the mindset, you can help a lot of people, bro. So that's and awesome. Then, and then for, I forgot about that. So, yeah. And then when I first got in the Marine Corps, um, I actually got with a girl, a Filipino girl. So that's kind of, uh, you know, learned. Everybody thought I was Filipino. I'm half black, half Mexican. So they were like, oh, you're Filipino and that. And then living in the fucking hood again and doing the same shit again, drinking, fighting, <laughs> um, fucking testing them just on purpose you know what i mean <laughs> saying shit because then you would get a reaction and right. them like oh we're gonna jump you fuck it let's do it right now like let's have some fun and then like it was just like getting in these situations and it was like bro what the fuck are you doing like you move away from home to be away from that shit and then instead you you're in the military now doing it now and you're it was doing it like, all over again yeah because because there was a couple other ones were like navy and they're like had ties in and i was just like yeah bro like i literally moved away from home to to move back into this shit i <laughs> I joined the Marines to get out of it, right? Just like I joined the Navy to get out of that stuff. And I ended up, I, I get it. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. Um, this has been a, an awesome time with you, my brother. And you gave a lot of information that I think my audience can take a lot away from, right? Thank you, my fellow veteran brother, for for taking the time and being on my show. But there's a Thank couple questions brother. before we part. And there's some things I like to ask you, right? So there's a couple questions I ask all my guests. So the first one is fearless. What does fearless look like for you being an ex-Marine and stuff? And, you know, where you grew up, what does fearless mean to you? And how does that show up in your life today? Ooh, I like fearless. Uh, the reason why is sometimes you're terrified. You know what I mean? Yeah. So kind of like like those, you know, you get the rowdy dude who's yelling, screaming. And I'm like, yo, I got to fight this dude. I don't want to fight. You know what I mean? But you got to do it. So it's running into that fire. It's handling what you need to do, you know, whether it's respect, it's it's doing what you got to do. And that's a lot of times what we have to do where it's, you know, in my case, uh, no matter how much I leveled up, it became my boss. It became ego driven. And then it was like, you know, I'm drinking on the side. I'm doing this. Like I still had to battle my shit and deal with it and right. be like, you know what? I'm not going to suppress these emotions. Um fucking journaling and crying and it was like why am i crying you know i'm a man i'm not you know uh and it was really like challenging the beliefs and going all in on it to where it was like hey i need to be able to get through this thing and and really push through it and it was hey you know uh thinking about the times like 
yo, I had to fight this dude and I was fucking terrified, you know, uh, went over there, homeboy pulled the knife on me and I'm like, oh shit, you know, it adds perspective in my life. Things change um, right. to where it was, you know, why did I do it? Because I felt like I needed to, I need to stand up for myself and to do whatever it is. I knew that this thing could happen, but you have to go into those scenarios and, and really, you know, uh, remove all the, the negativity and just be invested in it. There you go. Thank you for sharing that. That's, couldn't even said it better myself, right? Like sometimes, and that's a great analogy, right? You may be scared shitless, but you got to do it anyway. Like, I know I've been in those moments where I'm like, holy moly, this is like, this is scary, right? That pucker factor. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Where you're just, <laughs> yeah. And you go, but I got to go do it. You're like, oh, but uh, they, yeah, thank you for sharing that with us. So my second question is, as you can see here, right? I put a Y in happiness. What is happiness? Knowing I put the Y in there, what does that mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Happiness is just doing what you want when you want it's kind of like your definition of success we can say you know it's like what how do you want to live how do you want to be that you know for me it's not growing up through those things i have my own house you know i'm really grateful for that and i'm blessed um but it's just appreciating that moment you know we we live in different situations than what we grew up in or what we were in earlier on so it's just really being at peace with the moment understanding it and being like hey you know we overcame whatever we needed to, to be able to get to that point to where we can live uh, either a peaceful life or, you know, be striving towards living that ideal life we want, but we don't have to deal with the same factors. You know, we're not hearing um, sirens all the time. We're not, you know, it's like completely different feeling where you're like, you know what? I wake up, this is peaceful. Um, That was another thing I had to learn about is how to live in peace because I was so used to chaos and loved the chaos that when life got boring and, and that's what happiness was where I was just like, why is it boring? You know, why isn't this crazy things happening? <laughs> why is it that when I talk to people, they don't understand these things? It's like, probably because you work on yourself, you know, and you're in a different situation than back then where everybody understands it. You know, it's one, a few you understand, uh, but not everyone. So it like allowed me to grow and be like, all right, you know, this is how I can present it. This is how I can improve uh, because it's a different, you know, life that I'm living versus, you know, how it could have been. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for sharing that with the audience. Man, this is, like I said, been great. So uh, one thing I want to ask you, Alundis, is if somebody wanted to work with you, how do they get a hold of you? Like, where would they find you? Absolutely. So uh, Facebook, Instagram, Alundis underscore Havens. And then uh, my podcast, The Winner's Paradigm. So easiest way to be able to catch up with me, look at my podcast. And then second one will be coming out pretty soon for my business, Alpha Influence Media. Awesome. All right, man, this has been a great time. But before we leave, I get to ask you one more thing, right? One more thing. So it's been a great show, my friend. Thank you again for showing up. But here's what I want to ask. What piece of advice could you give my audience that will help them grow as a human being and be a better person? What's that one piece of advice that you would give? I say the same thing, and it stands to be true when I say the one piece of advice because it's helped me out so much. Write your core values down on a piece of paper. Um, figure out, you know, am I living this? So for me, it's an action plan. Um, it is true to self, self-reflection, accountability, and then it's uh, learning an application. So I got to be able to look myself in the mirror and be like, hey, do I look good? How's my skin looking? You know, really see myself for who I am because I know a lot of times we don't when we're drinking a lot, when we're tired, whatever right. it may be. You know, am I living that life the way I want to? Am I being accountable and transparent with you and being like, hey, brother, this is what's going on? Or am I fucking, you know, drinking behind closed doors, being a piece of shit to my family and then right. putting this message, you know, because I feel like that's a lot of entrepreneurs or talking about, oh, you rocking in and all these life, but you're not doing it in fitness and you're not showing up for your family and they're seeing that. Um, and then the learning and application, like you can have a conversation like we can, you can work through substance abuse, yeah. you can work on all these things, but if you don't actually fucking do it, then, you know, you're just wasting your time and spinning your wheels. Right. Wow. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you for that. Like I said, it's been a great time, man. I know you and I could probably sit here for another few hours, uh, but absolutely, we'll have to bring you back again, my brother, but thank you again for uh, coming and being a guest. I had a great time with you and I think my audience is going to get a lot out of this podcast. So thank you for being here, my friend. So if anybody, if you guys got something out of this, if it made you, like Andy says, if it made you smile, made you think, made you learn something, please leave a review uh, on iTunes. I help people find the podcast. And until next time, we'll see you later. Later.